your host as always. And yes, I'm enjoying a cup of coffee through my uh, new Iowan branded mug, Sam Baker. Thank you. And our guest, Terrell Turner has one as well. We can go to Terrell. What are you sipping on today? Are you an afternoon coffee guy? What are you working with? Uh, today, I'm, I'm drinking some soda water. I'm, I'm trying to train for like a marathon and force myself to drink more water. So I'm like, soda water gives me a little break from the flat water. I'm right there with you. I, uh, it's, it's been a long day, so I'm on coffee number two. At this point. But um, all right. Well, listen, for those who don't know, uh, Terrell with the TL Turner Group, uh, a friend of Iowan and um, a real thought leader and expert in advising law firms and accounting firms. And as we got to know each other, there's no one better we want to have around the water cooler. So Terrell, for those who don't know you, why don't you take a minute? You want to introduce yourself? Tell, tell us about kind of your firm and the work that you do. Yeah, absolutely. So my background is accounting and finance and, you know, did that for for years of working with various companies and just decided like, hey, I want to take those skills and help, you know, small businesses or in medium sized businesses. And I think, you know, I started a podcast, started interviewing a lot of different business owners, figuring out, okay, what type of business owner do I really want to help? And after working with several different law firms and doing some consulting, kind of helping them streamline some of their processes, I realized like, hey, law firms are a organization. I understand it because I am an accounting firm and law firms function very similar. Um, it's just that a lot of lawyers didn't understand the financial side or the processes they need to have in place on that side of their business. So we provide bookkeeping and CFO services. Um, for our for law firms and we do we do work with other kind of service-based businesses as well love it love it well for those who've been to the wally cooler before you know why uh we've become fast friends with terrell because as we started out i went working with cpa firms many of you have heard the story we started getting a lot of phone calls from law firms seeing what we were doing <laughs> with their peers in the professional services space so we've continued to grow in a similarly Kind of organic fashion. And, and again, for those who have been here with us before, you know, we take a technology bent around this water cooler. So, Terrell, you get to see a lot of different firms. Um, and obviously, you have a, a tech aptitude of your own. Um, change isn't easy. Introducing new technology isn't easy. I'm curious to ask you in particular, from your experience, what are the biggest misconceptions that firms have as you try to introduce kind of tech-driven change? And, and how have you kind of learned to help them kind of adapt and flourish in the midst of that tech and change management piece? Yeah, I mean, I'll take it from two perspectives. I mean, I think on a overly optimistic side and then kind of what are some of the a misconception on the pessimistic side, whereas on the optimistic side, a lot of times I you know, hear people say, oh, this new technology is gonna solve all of our problems and they don't even have like a process in place. So I'm just like, so this technology is just gonna come in and fix all of that is what they're thinking. And it's I'm like, that's probably, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's probably not going to happen. Um, there's some stuff you do need to have, you know, that this process is going to enhance. Um, and then I think on the other end is where I meet some people that think that, you know, oh, the learning curve and the technology is going to be too long. You know, it's going to disrupt too much of my business to where they don't necessarily see the technology as an opportunity to enhance their business. They see it as something like this is going to compete with everything we do, and yeah. it's just going to change everything and ruin the way we run our business. It's a polar view, right? And the truth <laughs> is, of course, that fun, productive, messy middle where actual change and progress occurs. So, um, yeah, that uh, even just framing it in that context, I'm sure, is, is in, in a productive education in a lot of ways. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I mean, because I, I think that a lot of people, I mean, you never know which perspective people are coming from, from, you know, when they're looking at technology, you know, like I said, on the pessimistic spectrum, they're looking at thinking about technology in terms of like, you know, the Terminator, where it's like, hey, when, yeah. you know, <laughs> when live net went, when it went, the internet went, or whenever the system went live, it was just like, hey, it was an attack on the humans. And then you have on the other end, they're thinking about technology and like, they probably grew up watching the Jetsons, where it's like technology fixed everything to where they can just sit back and just let the technology do all the work. But I think it's more of a, you know, process and a collaboration. And I always tell them technology enhances what you're able to do manually. It just allows you to be able to do it more efficiently, effectively, and more consistently. So, okay, yeah, we are of similar philosophical mind, because in fairness to the folks who have a glass half full perception of new tech and apply what's often rightly placed scrutiny, it's coming from an honest place, because you know, you've been around long enough, some of these firms, they've had those really, you know, subpar vendors who under delivered, and, you know, we've, we've, you know, in many ways, Iwin's come in as, as a course correction to some of those bad experiences with vendors who came kind of before us, so I get that, and I agree and this has transcended some of my past companies as well in, in other professional spaces, other industries outright. You know, technology is kind of the enabler, the unlocker of kind of the, the highest aptitudes and human creativity and, and professional certification that folks have. It's, you know, can we save people from two, three days a week of the monotonous stuff that actually kind of liberates them to focus at the highest end of their, their aptitude? Um, and that's, that's, that's as high up on my soapbox as I'll get today. That's, that's an underpinning of kind of the mission at, that we have at, at Iwin. Um, so something I'm curious, because you're in, in rare air, because you have an accounting background, you work with a lot of law firms, you also work with, you work with a range of firms. Accounting firms and law firms, I, I, I work with both. They'll often assume they're very different from each other. I, I see a lot of connective tissue, particularly around the challenges they seem to share. I'm curious your observations. What's what's similar? What's different in in the professional spaces? And and what could each group learn from one another, perhaps? Yeah, definitely. I, I think that there are a ton of similarities. I mean, after you know, I think after doing some consulting with like 30 different, well, it's been what 32 different law firms, and just really studying their processes in and out, trying to help them fix some things. I realized like a lot of the same problems you have are a lot of the same problems I have or a lot of my peers, because I also host a podcast of interviewing other firm owners. And I've talked to 75 different firm owners. So I'm like, the problems are there. Are, there's a lot in common. Then there are some unique things. The things that I would say are in common, it's just, you know, that both require a high level of trust in developing a relationship with a client. I mean, they're very, trust is a huge currency. If you lose it, or if your processes, you know, start to hurt that that opportunity to build trust, you're going to lose that client or that client's going to go elsewhere. And I think that's something we definitely share in common. And, and I do think also is we bring a skill that people are coming to us because they can't do it themselves. Or it's like in their mind, they perceive that, hey, this isn't something I can do myself. So mm -hmm. I'm heavily reliant on you. So there is this exceptional level of expertise that we bring to the table. Um, yeah. And then I do think, like I said, as far as the work, like a lot of firms are trying to figure out whether it's accounting or law firms, like how do we transition from doing billing by the hour to how do we bill flat rate or, you know, and how do we focus on, you know, 
managing our cash flow? How do we focus on, you know, collections? Like those are very similar things that both are, are dealing with. Now, where the differences come in is um, I think that law firms, their profit margins tend to be a lot higher. I mean, I would say from, you know, compared to accounting firms, law firms bring in a lot of cash. Now, where I have seen a difference is that law firms often tend to forget to invoice or forget to follow up on their outstanding invoices. Yeah. And I think, you know, they can they can live through it because their margins are so high. So they're, they don't really run into cash problems as quickly as an accounting firm. And I think just accountants, because, you know, AR is part of their, you know, is part of the mindset of an accountant. They're probably a little bit more diligent than a law firm. They're not the most diligent. They're just a little bit more diligent than law firms. But I do think, you know, for across the board, both of them, there is a huge opportunity for them to really manage their cash flow better, look at those opportunities of how do we fix this and automate this a little more. Well, you're speaking our language. I mean, we sit right at that intersection <laughs> of dealing AR and, and you know, candidly, that, that was our observation even before we started the business as clients of big law and CPA firms. And it's interesting how, yeah, that, that trust component you spoke to I think it's crucial, particularly as a boon for these firms as we enter what could be a pretty challenging economy for an extended period of time, that they're well anchored to, to weather that storm pretty well. But it's interesting how um, even a slightly disjointed experience can can uh, potentially change kind of perception of that, that trust. I mean, as you know, again, one of the impetuses for us starting IWIN is we had a bad billing experience with a really great CPA firm. They did some wonderful work for us through a really kind of big inflection point in our previous business. Four months later, I think we got the bill, you know, for services rendered and we had to write a check. We said something's broken here. And, and it did, frankly, color our perception a little bit of that firm. And we've told this story a lot to, to, to our clients, but the inverse is also true. Friction removal, um, heightened attunement to client experience can actually enhance trust. Now, I think the cash flow piece, and we've observed this as well because we're growing really quickly, I think, as firms anticipate this, that cash flow governance and stewardship is going to become more important over the next kind of 12, 18 months in particular. And you're right. We, I've, se I've seen a, a difference in uh, maybe maturity is the right word, maybe just hyper-focus um, where, where some law firms aren't as attuned to it as some of the CPA firms we work with. But I think everyone's starting to now focus on, okay, this is an area where maybe we can expect some outward pressure as felt by our clients related to things like billing and, 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 and fees and rates. And they want to start to kind of prepare for what might be some uh, some challenging times ahead. And, and fortunately, folks like you and systems like ours are kind of positioned to help them do that. So, um, yeah. and, I, and I agree. I mean, I do think that, yeah, one of the things I tell clients is, you know, with the economy heating up and, you know, their cash flow may not flow as easily as it has in the past, yeah. your access to cash or you know, third party sources of cash may not be as readily available. And one of the first things you want to look at is versus are you actually billing your clients for the work that you're doing? And I think a lot of accounting firms and law firms get, you know, fall into trouble with this because, you know, that they're hired to, to provide a technical, you know, skill. They really are a little weak on managing the business side of their firm and sending out those invoices is part of it. And then having a follow-up process for what's outstanding is another part that I think that they're trying to learn to wrap their mind around. 
Um, and so I, I definitely tell them is when things get tight in the economy, you want to make sure you're doing everything possible to protect and enhance your cash flow uh, from the people you're already doing work for, is making sure you're asking them to pay you and you're following up because that's going to be huge to make it through any crunch in the economy or any pressure that the economy brings on. I totally agree. And it's, and, and, and it's like, I'm a real, I'm real, I think personally considerate of it because I think, and, and I, we, we've talked about this kind of outside of the water cooler. I think kind of, frankly, that, that, that lack of oversight of it or some of the friction that firms have in that management comes from a really considerate kind of client centric place. They are focused on the service delivery and the stewardship of the client's interests. And you know, I've heard I've had a lot of partners say, listen, billing is both one of the most difficult and also one of the most intimate things I do. That's that point of, hey, this is now the, the dollar sign attached to the worth I've delivered to you. And nobody likes making collections calls and those reminders to, hey, you forgot to pay that bill, which is why process is kind of you're an expert in and kind of helping them set up and almost preempt what would be downstream collections issues. And then kind of intelligent mitigation solutions like ours that basically automate that for them. That one-two punch can be really valuable. The thing I wanted to ask you, and this will be a good one to close on because yeah, this is the water cooler. We got to get back to work, I guess. I know you're busy. Um, it, it might be a challenging economy. Certainly a lot of firms are telling us they're starting to kind of see indications of that as heard by their clients. What, um, we talked a little bit about the opportunity to kind of get, get one's house in order. What would you envision are some of the challenges and what is the opportunity as we head into a difficult economy for, for firms, maybe beyond cash flow, just in general, or specifically to cash flow? Is that kind of the area where firms can really insulate their interests? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one of the, the first things I think is, is, you know, internally when it comes down to your people, because if the economy is tight for your business, that probably means it's tight for the people you employ in your business. And, and I think there's going to have to be a, a higher level of, of empathy that, hey, your people in your business are working with a lot more pressure than they had before. Yeah. And I think that makes it a perfect opportunity to try to figure out, hey, how can we bring in some technology resources to take some of that pressure off them to automate some of the work that they were doing manually because they're under a lot of personal pressure when the economy gets tight. And then also I think of just really taking a look at your business of what are we spending our time on? What is really adding value to the customers? Because the customer is going to pay you. They're going to be looking at what are we spending money on? And they're going to cut back on the things that aren't adding value. So yeah. if you're a law firm or an accounting firm, just making sure what you do for them is value add and then find ways to you know communicate like, hey, Here's the things that we're working on because we know that it impacts your business in this way. Because when you know your customers realize that, hey, you are a value add to my business, they're more likely to pay you faster. And so when you start implementing that technology to automate, whether it's your billing or to automate the reminders of the collections, when they see your name pop up, they're gonna associate it with value and you're likely the one that they're going to pay first. And yeah. that will help protect your cash flow as well as protect your relationship with your clients. I'm not even, even going to expand on that. I'm just going to say what he said because I wholesale <laughs> agree with everything you just said. No, and, and, and this is not in the water cooler is not a bearish environment. We're all optimistic about how, particularly, kind of some of the forward thinking firms are going to thrive going forward 
Uh, I know your business is doing great as is ours, but these are important considerations. And I love that, frankly, you led with the people consideration because I know the firms that we work with, that's a, that's a paramount you know, vector of thought, right? Making sure they're, they're uh, both empowering and, and kind of uh, incentivizing and, and insulating their people to do great work. Um, so I think that's, uh, that's a critical component. Um, well, listen, you're a busy guy. Your clients need you. The water cooler is running out of water. Uh, let's let's do a quick cheers. Uh, thanks for joining. Terrell, great to see you. We'll talk again soon. Take care.